Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello, our beautiful listeners. Hope you all are doing well. Welcome to our latest episode of the Matrix Green Pill podcast. I am Namita Thakkar, and today I'm excited to welcome a super dynamic and inspirational guest, Andrea Ritchie. From working as a corporate lawyer to following her heart and passion for saving sharks. Yes, you heard that right. Andrea's journey inspires us to believe in the phrase, be the change you want to see in the world. So before I give off any spoilers, let's hear the real story from Andrea, the executive director of the Hong Kong Shark Foundation. Andrea, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Awesome. So jumping right in, Andrea, could you please tell us a little bit about your backstory? Well, just an ordinary person who has been living in Hong Kong for 32 years. I am an ex-lawyer. I was a working for a law firm here, which is a Wall Street law firm in actually corporate communications. Then I became a recruiter. There were a lot of people making money and um, having a good livelihood. And I had a, sort of a life-changing experience. And then I started doing some volunteering. And now I am the executive director of Hong Kong Shark Foundation. Andrea, it is so tough to make such a drastic shift in your career. So can you share with us how that journey has been your thought process before you made this decision and how you were so confident about the decision you made that this is the right decision and this is the direction I want to take in life? So we have all got careers that we start out in or we choose a career. And I can tell you that you will probably change your career four or five times for many people in their life. And I have changed my career many times and sort of morphed from one thing to another. So even though I was trained as a lawyer, I enjoyed business more. And my story is in 2015, my father passed away. And I sort of thinking about the meaning of life a little bit. You know, I was working, getting people jobs that were making a lot of money, but they didn't seem very happy and they would just change jobs all the time. And so I decided it was time to sort of give back and find out things that were um, in my life that I could do that would maybe add value a little bit and be a little more meaningful. So I started volunteering started volunteering at three or four different charities. And one of those charities was Hong Kong Shark Foundation. You know, I've lived here for 32 years, but seven years ago when I had been, I speak Mandarin pretty well. I've been immersed in the Chinese culture. I did not realize the damage that eating shark fin soup and shark products was doing to these beautiful apex creatures. And so was, wow, I realized that sharks are at risk one third of sharks are near extinction and that sharks need our help. And so I was started volunteering and I got so into it after I saw a presentation by one of the founders at the Royal Hong Kong Yacht Club in Hong Kong. And I saw a presentation. I was so blown away when I realized the destruction my little eating of a shark product was doing to the whole planet you know, the whole population. And I was so blown away that I decided I wanted to give back full time. And I quit my job. I worked for three years as a volunteer. And then it came into a situation where I had the opportunity to become the executive director. And that's where I am today. The journey for me of going from corporate over to the NGO world was something I never even thought of. 
But so many of the skills that I learned all my life in communications, being a lawyer, etc., all these skills I use on a daily level running the NGO. Can you tell us a bit more about the NGO you run, its goals, initiatives, the day-to-day operations? How does it work? Hong Kong Shark Foundation is a local, we call Section 88 charity. Our mission is to raise awareness about shark conservation and educate people to say no to all shark products, not just shark fin soup, which is very prevalent here. Our goals, you know, are really about education. Doesn't matter if it's kids or older people, you know, adults. I am considering myself a farmer and I'm constantly planting the seeds of change. For our NGO, it's getting people to make cognitive behavior habit changes. One of those ways is we do that is through one of our initiatives, which is our Shark Ambassador Program, which is an education program where we go out to schools. We reach about 10,000 students a year. We've been to over 200 schools since I started doing this. And we also, one of our initiatives is a shark-free company. This is a CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility ESG initiative, where we get companies to say that they will not serve shark fin soup in their company banquets or any company meals. And so they put our logo on their website. We put our logo on our website and um, they put it in their employee handbook that their employees will not eat shark fin soup at company banquets or events. The reason why that works so well is that most people, let's say they're a vegan or vegetarian and they don't eat animals or they're against shark finning or killing sharks, they probably in a corporate environment will not raise their hand and say, oh, well, can we not order that tonight, right? When it's a corporate policy, it's much easier for the manager or the higher ranking person at, at the event to say, hey, look, sorry, our company has a policy. We can't eat shark. That works really well. You know, the client saves face. The employees are, can feel good about giving back to the cause and the sharks are happy. That's really very nice initiative. Andrea, I know globally you're known as the shark lady. I love that title, by the way. Please can you tell us how that came to be and what's your opinion of that identity? Funny story. I had been teaching in 2015, 2016, and I had been to a school. And a couple weeks later, I was walking down the street and a young girl, only six years old, came running up to me and said, I know you. And I said, oh, hello. And she said, I'm Kira. I heard you give a talk at our primary school. And I said, really? That's And so did you learn anything, Kira? And she said, oh, yes. I'm not going to eat shark fin soup. And I said, well, that's great. And she said, and you know what? I told my grandmother not to eat shark fin soup. And she said she won't eat it anymore. And so she's, Kira said to me, you know, I know you're the shark lady. And I was from, it just stuck from that point. So I am the Hong Kong shark lady. I know there are other shark ladies in the world. I'm just the humble Hong Kong shark lady. Really, what a pride, like, you know, the, that moment when you, when the girl said that, you know, I'm not going to eat shark or my grandmother's, I mean, then you can see that, oh, really, this has been worthwhile, you know, what I'm doing. And the best part of it is if we can change the next generation, then I think, you know, it is a success. Absolutely. And so that was an example of a successful planting of a seed of change. 
In the corporate world, we have KPIs, key performance indicators, and we're always looking for uh, ways that we can quantify our successes, right? Especially you would know this matrix green would know you have to quantify these things and it's how you write press releases, right? You know, top in this, increase sales by this much. So you're always trying to quantify. That's a really big challenge. For NGOs, that's a really big challenge to do, especially when you're doing an activism cause like sharks, right? Because how can we count sharks? Like if I was doing elephant conservation, it would be a lot easier because I could actually count the number of elephants because they're terrestrial, right? They're on the ground. You could actually count. You can't count the number of sharks. And it's very hard to, it's hard to know if what we're doing is actually making a difference. And I think when I hear stories like Kira, then I know that we are making a difference. Absolutely. I bet you are. I mean, like you said, whenever you're working for a cause, it is a selfless act. You don't know what's the outcome going to be like. But yes, you're doing your bit and that's what matters. And then, you know, when you get such a positive feedback, you know you're on the right track. Over the years, the experiences you've had, what has made you more passionate about staying here or being in this, or, you know, doing this cause, taking it to a different level? I'm sure there are tons of challenges that you face, like you just now mentioned about quantifying it, about not knowing how much difference you're making. But what makes you do this every day? Finding out that this is a global shark crisis was a real epiphany for me. Getting schooled or getting educated by other people to learn about sharks. I've been to undergrad, I've been to law school, I find myself you know, fairly well read, but I couldn't believe I didn't realize that over a hundred million sharks are killed every year just for their fins. And more than 350 million sharks are killed every year because of the increase of consumption of things like shark meat and the, the squalene, shark liver oil, learning that this is a, such a big problem. And why didn't I know about this? Then living in Hong Kong, I've found out that 50% of the global shark fin trade is being processed and traded right here through Hong Kong. 50, more than 50%. So I was living in the shark fin hub of the world. The more I learned about this, the more I became aware that sharks are in great crisis. You know, there's over 500 species of shark in the world, but in Hong Kong, for example, only 12 are protected by law under the CITES, United Nations CITES Convention. So we need to do more. Low and slow producers, they don't make a lot of baby sharks, as we call them, pups, right? They don't even reach sexual maturity until they're eight to 15 years old. It takes them six months to two years to have pups. So they're not like fish where they're very prolific. They have to live in a big body of water. They can't be farmed. If you kill the immature, the juveniles, then you're destroying the population for the future. That it made me become very concerned. And that realization that sharks are at risk and that they are such important apex predators that maintain the delicate marine ecosystem, that made me really become passionate and compassionate about the plight of how they were being killed at such a high rate. Andrea, if there's one thing you could instill into people's thought processes when it comes to animals, specifically sharks in this case, what would that be? 
to stop and think about what you are eating today. What is on your plate? We can make smart choices for the better of the planet, betterment of the planet, but we can individually make choices that make a difference. I think people don't realize, they think, well, what can I do? Dr. Sylvia Earle, I remember she said something very interesting. She said that not everybody can do everything, but everyone can do something. That is so true. So what's the something they can do is to stop and think about what they're eating and how it affects on everybody. Because there are people, I understand that there are people that are dependent on the ocean for their livelihoods, but all of us are dependent on the ocean for our lives. We have to reconsider, you know, even in the movie Dory, where she says, fish are friends, not food, right? And maybe we need to think about a plant-based diet, even if it's a meatless Monday or a fishless Friday. Maybe we need to cognitively change our habits so that what we do doesn't add more CO2 or carbon monoxide or pollution into the air or helps the water or feeds a poor person. These are choices that we can make big with big results. Absolutely. Well said. Food for thought quite literally. Seriously, we all need to stop, pause and think about it on a daily basis. Only then we can see the bigger picture and the bigger change. So Andrea, how do you see the future of shark conservation and what steps do you believe need to be taken on a global level to ensure their survival? Some of our biggest challenges have been changing long-time habits that people think might be cultural. For example, people might think that shark fin soup is only a Chinese thing, but now the fastest growing countries that are eating shark fin are in fact not even ethnically dominated by Chinese, like Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia, Vietnam, Cambodia, and now I understand the Middle East. I did some research on that. I'm pretty surprised. So education to answer your question about what I see for the future, I think it's really paramount that education of people, whether it's young people, is the key. And how we do that are through things like, maybe your listeners have heard about the sustainable development goals that the United Nations put out. We like to focus on Number 14, which is life below water, we look at overfishing, commercial overfishing and pollution. I teach all of this in my talks to corporates and to kids. It's exactly the same. For example, the Matrix Green Pill, just the fact that you are inviting me on the show, which I appreciate very much. Thank you. It really shows that you guys are interested in this topic. And then I hope that your listeners will take this on board and say, all right, how can I take action? Definitely. The awareness level regarding this subject is very, very minimal. And that's, I think, the root cause. Uh, people don't know uh, what's happening. And I don't even think this topic, I mean, even when I was reading about it, it was new for me. So we're glad that you could come on our podcast and talk to our guests and shed some light on this, such an important topic. This is. So thank you, in fact, Andrea, for doing this for us. Okay, so before we head to our next segment, one last question. What message do you have for individuals or communities in the Middle East who are interested in supporting shark? and ocean conservation efforts, how can they go about it? Very easily. Just stop eating shark meat and shark products. They really do maintain the delicate marine ecosystem. You know, we get 50% of our drinking water and 50% of our breathing air from the ocean. And we need sharks to keep the oceans clean. 
And they are, we call them the cleaners of the ocean. Without sharks, we will have a catastrophic collapse in the ecosystem. I would love to teach more people about this in the Middle East. And I even saw a video about an interviewer in Oman and in a marketplace. And they said, you know, we don't really eat shark meat much in the US. The gentleman interviewing was from the US. And the market seller said, well, everybody in Oman eats shark meat, which was heartbreaking to hear that. I don't even think they realize the ramifications and the effect and the delicate balance that's going on. So hopefully we can teach people why they should stop eating shark and invite people. I'm inviting your listeners now to invite me to give a talk in person or on Zoom at your school or at your company, maybe a lunch and learn for clients or something like that on CSR, corporate social responsibility. That would be my dream in 2023. Okay, so now we have come to the segment of our show where I'll ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. That's our version of a game show. You just have to basically answer whatever comes on top of your mind. So if you could meet any one person, dead or alive, for a coffee or dinner, who would it be? Dr. Sylvia Earle. All right, can you tell us a bit about that? Dr. Earle is a globally renowned marine biologist who very much gets the problem that we're having with commercial overfishing and sharks, but the whole ocean and how it's becoming like a dried ocean because we're overfishing the ocean. I think she's also a bit of a hero for me because she is a vegetarian. That is really rare for marine biologists to not only practice what they preach. She's just fascinating, has so much wisdom, and is so well-respected. So she would definitely be my person of choice. Okay. What are the top three topics you would be ready to talk about in the spur of the moment? Shark conservation, veganism, and how people can easily make a difference by just changing small things. And that can apply to anything. That can have to do with plastics. That could have to do with water consumption, how you change your habits. So yes, there'll be those three things. What are the two things you're passionate about? I think I know one, but yes. What are the two things you're passionate about? Well, definitely um, animal rights and shark conservation. Who has been your biggest inspiration and why? My biggest inspiration probably is Captain Paul Watson of Sea Shepherd, because similar to Gandhi, similar to Dr. Martin Luther King, they're about direct action or civil disobedience. So when corporates are not paying attention to what is going on in the world in terms of the wrongs that they might be doing, sometimes you just have to stand up and do something, you know, a little bit out of the ordinary to make them sit down at the table and listen. Great. Well done, Andrea. So before we wrap up, we would like to ask you about your green pill moment. Could you share an inspiring or life-changing experience that you have gone through? An inspiring and life-changing moment for me, I really think is the time that I, the penny dropped for me when I was at the Yacht Club in Hong Kong and I heard the speaker and I saw images of thousands, hundreds of thousands of shark fins being spread across the rooftops in Hong Kong and on the streets of Hong Kong. That was just really what brought it home for me. It made me realize that the more you can learn about wildlife, the more you can respect it. I just had this moment where I had to start educating people on why we needed to make those changes in our daily life regards to sharks. Thank you so much, Andrea, for sharing your fantastic and inspiring story with us today. 
I'm sure our audience has learned a lot about sharp conservation and I'm sure they're ready to make the change. So thank you very much. But before we say goodbye, can you tell our listeners where can they find and follow you? You can find us at Hong Kong Shark Foundation on our website. We're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and we are even on Twitter. So Hong Kong Shark Foundation, and we are easily respond. If you're interested in learning more, if you want to get more active, if you want to be a volunteer, even if you're in Dubai or you know UAE, anywhere, you can give back and you can help small charities like ours. Amazing. So listeners, we're going to also put this in our show notes. Yes. Thank you so much, Andrea, once again, and good luck for the future. Oh, thank you so much. That's so kind of you, Namita. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.